Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. I don't know who is excited to hear from God's word this morning. Come on now. Man, you guys are a good-looking crowd. Hey, if you're new with us, thanks for being here. You're an honored guest. Seriously, believe that God's put you on purpose here today. It's not an accident that God has brought you to hear his word. So I'm excited to see what God's going to do. Come on, can we give it up for those who are new again today? I'm excited you guys are in the house. Man, can I say a big thank you uh, as a pastor and a leader? Man, there's so many other pastors that don't have the privilege of, of leading a church where you can be transparent. Uh, I mean, so many times as pastors, they put on that cape of perfection and, or almost perfection, right? And I just love that in real life, I can be real and be transparent. I just want to say thank you that I can get to share part of my story. Uh, today, you're going to hear a little bit of my story uh, all throughout the series just sharing with you. But man, I just want to say thank you that I can be real. I'm just another beggar showing another beggar where the food is. Amen. <laughs> I didn't pray a prayer of perfection. I prayed a prayer of confession when I met Jesus. And so I'm not trying to live up to this impossible standard. I'm just going to follow Jesus. Okay, follow me as I follow Christ. So I'm excited for this series. This series is honestly just, it's very deep, but it's very real. And it's something we all struggle with. And so today we're going to dive deep into Philippians chapter 4. We're going to look at this passage all throughout this series. And really we're going to look at this so it gets in our mind and our hearts. We're going to hear it over and over again. Really trying to cast our our fear, our our doubt, our anxiety on Jesus. I believe God does something supernatural. There's a peace that only comes from Jesus. You can try, you can contrive it, you can try to get the bank out high enough, you can do whatever you want. There's a peace that only comes from God. So today I want to dive in uh, really around the context of Philippians chapter 4 because the context of this scripture is going to change the way you see this forever. If you don't know the context of Philippians chapter 4, there's a man named Paul. He's a missionary to the people of Rome. He's sent by God and he's honestly trying to go to the emperor of Rome. Uh, his method of spreading the gospel was bringing the gospel to the leadership in the community. He, ble- he believed that was the best way to spread the gospel and see the biggest impact for the cause of Christ. But instead of Paul going as a preacher, he went as a prisoner. He ended up in a prison cell. He was under house arrest 24-7. He was chained to Roman guards. Every day they'd change three times a day, eight hours apiece. In this moment of waiting trial, he has no idea. He has no idea of his future's like. Total uncertainty. Maybe you're there, your finances are messed up, and your kids are wandering away, and you have no idea. There's a moment of like, man, I've really got to trust God because I don't know what's going to happen. In this moment, God spurs in him and writes this passage in Philippians chapter 4 that we're going to park on today. And it says this. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I love what it's like how your mom tells you. And again, I'm going to tell you, rejoice. Come on, somebody. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I tell you, rejoice. I don't know about you, but I need to hear that over and over again. Here's Paul saying, man, I'm overwhelmed. There's, I have no idea my future, my next step. I'm in this prison cell. I thought I'd be preaching to the emperor, but here I'm just talking to this guard. I don't know what I'm doing here, but you know what? I'm going to say this. I rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Who knows that's a great verse to put on a coffee mug? You know what I'm talking about. You got one of those big, like, half of a gallon mug, you know, like... I'm not a coffee drinker, but Carrie shows up to my office. She's got this giant coffee mug. You know, talking about put a whole chicken little soup in there or something, you know. And you put that on the side. Rejoice in the Lord always. You got a little script on there. Maybe it's a good magnet, right? You put that on Facebook. But, man, that's one of those verses that's easy to memorize. Man, that verse is so hard to apply to your life. Now, a couple of my overseers is a leader in my life, a spiritual father. His name is Lance Harrington. He's the executive pastor at Abundant Life. I called up and said, Lance, man, I'm really struggling. He stops me. He goes, praise God, Sean. Praise God. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, you didn't hear my problem yet. Praise God, Lord Almighty. Rejoice in heaven. I'm like, what, you ate your spiritual wheeze today? I mean, doesn't that make you kind of a little upset when somebody's got so, so much happiness in their life and joy? And you're like, man, but I've learned a lot from him. I'll tell you what, it's kind of weird when somebody's like praising God in a storm. Uh, this last uh, Christmas Eve, we had the, a gathering in here and we were paring down. And this uh, 
a pipe and drape fell and it hit this speaker. I don't know anybody remember this at all. Um, yeah, and, and, and it fell and it like blew apart in a thousand pieces. I mean, can you imagine going to me, Pastor? Praise God, the speaker blew apart. I'm like, do you want to punch you in the head? You know, <laughs> like praise God for what? You know, I mean, really? Like really supposed to praise God like in every circumstance? Like always? Like really, Lance? Like, really, Paul? Like, you don't know my problem yet, but I'm praising God. I mean, maybe in a circumstance where, like, you, you find out your, your spouse has been lying to you. But maybe, you. maybe you found out the bills are just too much and you can't pay them. Like, we're supposed to praise God in that kind of storm? Or maybe, maybe your kid's making terrible choices and you can't control anything about it. You're just watching it go down that road and you're like, you're supposed to praise God? Or maybe it's like 3 in the morning if you've been there and you're awake and you get all this anxiety and some anxiousness about a test or, or maybe the next stage of life and you don't know what to do and you're supposed to turn on the worship music, put that little hill song on, the spirit of God is supposed to move, I'm supposed to praise him in the middle of the night. Like, really? Am I supposed to do that? And Paul, he says this with all sincerity because the context of the story is going to change everything. He says this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident among all. The Lord is near. He says about anxiety, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Man, how could Paul rejoice when he's locked up? How could he rejoice in the storm? I mean, how can we rejoice when he, instead of preaching to the, to the emperor, man, he's in a prison cell going to bed every single night. Today, I want to talk about this, and it's so key for this morning. Man, it's all about perspective. Somebody say perspective. It's all about perspective. What's perspective? It's simply how you see something. You know that two different people can look at the same thing and see two different, you got to help me out here. Perspectives, right? We're going to get there today. You're going to see two different perspectives. You know, I was in eighth grade. I got a different perspective for the rest of my life. I actually took this test. It's called a colorblind test. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Even some of you are like, I know where this story is going. And so I look at this page on the paper, and it's a, it's a circle. And the teacher says, hey, if you see the number 18, this isn't the actual test. We're ahead of the game here. But if you see the number 18, then, then you're not colorblind. I'm like, oh, no, I don't see any numbers. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm all right, though. I'll take the next number. They said, if you see the number 43, then you're not colorblind. I'm like, okay, I'm getting a little nervous. You know, I'm like, eighth grade. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm colorblind. I don't know. So the next circle pops up. She goes, if you see the number 12, I'm like, yes, I see the number 12. She goes, then you're colorblind. I'm like, no. So I found out eighth grade I was colorblind. Here's a little colorblind test, by the way. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry if you found out you're colorblind today here at Real Life. Uh, <laughs> that happens to us all. But it's, I, I can see this. I see 16 in the right top and eight in the bottom and nothing else. Anybody see something different? All y'all like, dude, you're jacked up in the mind. You jacked up. I literally, I see nothing else. There's like nothing in those other ones. Eight and 16. Um, anybody colorblind in the house right now? It's, it's just two of us. Thank you. Chuck, I'm with you, baby. This is why I couldn't be an astronaut right here. I was colorblind. I'm just going to tell you something. Um, true story. Um, but anyway, not really. Um, but I'm, I'm, just I'm just telling you, the, the colors on the screen are the same. Like, literally, like, they're the same colors, but we all see different perspectives. You know, some of us, it's all about our perspective. How do we see things in life? I'm going to ask you, what's your perspective in the problem? How do you deal with situations? You know, most of us, we're so negative, like, we're just critical. Like, we look at all the problems, and, you know, if you're like most of us, we get the worst-case scenario fear, right? Like, all of a sudden, like, the life's going to fall apart. And I th started thinking, like, what if Paul had a bad perspective? Like, what if you wrote the Bible with a bad perspective? So I'm going to give you the BPV version, the bad perspective version of the Bible. If you look it up, you're not going to find it, hopefully. Um, this is made up, okay? So I want you to check out what Paul may have said. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me really sucks. God's let me down. I'm overwhelmed with anxiety and depression. I mean, isn't this a great version of the Bible? And hopelessness. Because of all the hell I've been through, I'm quitting my life group, and I'm never going back to the church. 
Man, they sent me on a missions trip, and guess what? I'm in prison. Come on, somebody. Can you relate to this? In bigger home, we're like, this is negative. Everything's negative. I mean, I deal with this all the time in leadership, right? I, I can be that same person. Ask my wife. No amens. No amens. All right, but this is what Paul says, not to minimize our situation, but Paul says this in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, now you watch this. This is so important. This is amazing. He says that what has happened to me, Man, me in this prison, me in this chains, me in this situation has served to advance the gospel. It is served. Like the painful situation I'm in is serving God. There's a purpose to the pain that you're walking through today. I love what he says. A result has become clear throughout the whole palace guard. Check this out. And to everyone else. Man, I love this. Not only does the palace guard know this, but everyone, including the emperor, knows this, that I'm in chains for Christ that I'm in chains for Christ. Here's what he's saying. I have the perspective of praise. They didn't know when they buried me in this prison cell, away from the community to shut me up for the name of Jesus, that was a seed being planted for the gospel to the next closest thing to the emperor. They had no idea that when I was struggling through this financially and that I was in my hardship and pain, that I was a seed planted for the purpose of Christ. They had no idea that I'm walking next to this guard every day. He's chained to me, and I get to tell him about Jesus, whether he likes or not. Amen? Some of you guys have some people in the cubicle next to you. You could be like, hey, and Jesus, guess what? You're stuck here all day unless you're going to quit. And he gets to tell this person about Jesus and witness to them and disciple them and make disciples of, those, of the known leaders of the palace, that every person knew the name of Jesus because of him. He goes, you know, guess what? Man, I'm not chained to this guard. This guard is chained to me, amen? Like God's put me on a purpose. I'm, I'm not in this path. I'm not in this prison cell outside of God's will. God is working behind the scenes. He's gonna do something miraculous. I believe this, it's all about perspective. You ever walk through something real difficult in life? You ever been to like the bottom? I think every great Christian leader has to walk with a limp. I believe every great Christian leader has had to walk the very bottom of the race. I believe that God puts us in the crucible. He puts us in those problems to bring out the impurities. I believe this. When you're going through something tough, you got to ask yourself this question, man. God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing through me? God, what do you want me to know? God, what do you want me to change in my life? God, what are you doing behind the scenes? I always believe this. When you're going through something difficult and you got anxiety and fear, what you got to do is you ask this question, God, what are you doing next? Because I believe God's preparing you for something great. I believe God's doing something in your life to prepare you for the next part of your race because God's going to mold you and shape you into something bigger and better than you thought you could ever be. You think about David. David in the Old Testament, he was overlooked by his dad seven times. His dad didn't think he was anointed or good enough to be king, and so he's out there being a shepherd boy. But while he was being a shepherd, guess what he was doing? He was learning how to kill a bear and kill a lion so that one day when God called him out that he could kill Goliath, amen? You think about Joseph. He was betrayed by his own family. He was left for dead. But God used him, what man meant for evil, God used for good. I'm telling you something, you're in your problem. Don't, don't blame your problem. Don't get a pity story. Just go to God and say, God, what are you teaching me? God, what are you teaching me through this pain? Because guess what? I'm in this prison on purpose. God's put me here with the reason that I'm, I'm struggling. You know what's cool about Paul? This wasn't the first time that he was in prison. Like, he's been here before. If you check it out in Acts chapter 16, we're going to be there in a minute. I mean, this is one story of many stories that Paul has been in prison. And so his story in Acts chapter 16 picks up where him and a buddy named Silas are on the way to a life group. And all of a sudden, there's this evil lady. Don't mention any names, right? There's a spirit inside of her, and they cast it out. And all of a sudden, the riot breaks out. They get in some fights. All of a sudden, they get, they get beaten and, 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 uh, and whipped uh, with rods. And all of a sudden, leaders of the community throw them in prison. It says this in Acts 16, 22. It says, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. You know, for most of us, we're probably never going to be in a situation where we're getting beaten or whipped with rods. Most of us are never going to be in a situation where we're physically harmed for the gospel. But most of us have been in a situation where we've been stripped of our confidence. A lot of us have been in situations where people disagree with our Christian life. 
Most have been situations where we've, been, we've been robbed of our joy, that we've been focused on the negative, that we've been filling our life full of anxiety and fear. I mean, a lot of us have been being down with discouragement, being down with doubts. We've been having these voices in our head tell us you're not good enough, you can never make it. Man, look at you, look where you're from. There's, never, there's no way you can do it. We've been we just holding on by a little bit of faith. We have no idea what God can do in us, and we're barely struggling through life. I want you to visualize this. Here's Paul and Silas in this cell. Man, they've been beaten. They've been stripped. Man, maybe you got a broken nose. It's like a UFC fight going crazy. You know what I'm saying? they got some ribs that are snapped. They're thrown on, the, on this pavement. Maybe it's concrete. They're thrown there, laid down cold and naked, and they're laying there. You know what they decide to do in this moment? When a life has tr- treated them the worst, when it was unfair, when they had every right to be upset, when they have every right to be anxious, every right to be afraid, when they're isolated and alone. You know what's crazy? This is amazing. This will change your life forever. This is what they did in that prison cell. Man, they had a night of worship. Can you believe that? Like at the lowest moment of their life, they chose to worship Jesus. When the walls were caving in, when it's that worst time in their season of their life, man, they looked to God and said, you know what? You're still worthy of my praise. We're gonna light up this prison with some worship tonight. You believe that? Isn't that incredible? This is what their heart and passion is. Man, I'm telling you, it's all about perspective. You know, for you, you and me, I've been through some different stuff just to share with you. And I came out of a, of a church that just didn't go well at the end. I was in ministry for 10 years, and uh, there was a trial I went through, and I felt like I, I lost uh, my ministry, I lost my friends, uh, I lost a lot of people I was close to, um, I felt like I was losing my reputation, uh, I lost a vision. All of a sudden, I kind of started wondering, like, man, what's next for my life? I felt all this uncertainty and, unease, and un- un- this uneasiness and anxiety and doubt, and man, I'm starting like walking through this, and so I have to meet with a counselor. I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm just kind of bewildered. I'm at the bottom of my rope. I felt like I'd just kind of given everything in that moment and didn't know what to do next. And I met this counselor, and he said this, hey, he goes, you're not as bad as you think you are. You're not as bad as you think you are. I was like, what does that mean? He goes, well, you still love the church, don't you? I was like, well, yeah, absolutely, man. I love the church. I, mean, I got a passion for the church. I think God's going to use it to change the world. He goes, man, that, you're better than most people have been through what you've been through. I said, really? He goes, man, you're still faithful to your wife? You still, you still love her? You, st- you still have a great family that you care for? Now I can tell you love your kid. At that time, we had, we had one kid. He, he said, I can, tell, I can tell you got friends in your life. You told me that you have your health. I mean, all these things going for you. You just can't see the negative in your life. Like you're looking through the lens, your perspective. You're looking at all the wrong stuff. You got to look at the good stuff in your life. I'm just going to tell you something. There's things that you don't see. There's more to the story. You know, I'm colorblind, so I recognize the fact when it's fall, and you guys are like, it's so pretty. I love these autumn leaves. I'm like, bro, it looks like it's dead. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Chuck knows what I'm talking about. Like it ain't that pretty. But you know what? I know I see something different. We have a different perspective. I'm telling you something. There's something different in your life you may not notice. If you have one good friend in your life, if you have one good person who cares about you, I mean, if you, if you have a family that you love and care for, I mean, if you've got your health, I mean, you have a lot to be thankful for, amen? It's perspective of praise. You know what? Things aren't going well. I know the bank account looks terrible. Like, I know the situation isn't where you asked to be, but God's putting you there on purpose so it can change your life. I'm telling you, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you know, at the bottom of that pit, I said, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And God birthed a vision inside me. I think Paul and Silas, you might have leaned over to Paul, or Paul might lean over to Silas and say, hey, guess what, man? This is pretty bad. But you know what? We still got some breath in our lungs. You know what we're going to do? We're going to praise God. We're going to praise God in this storm. You know what? We're not dead. I believe God is not done. I'm telling you something. It's all about your perspective. Look at this night of worship in Acts 16, 25. He said, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. I love that they sang loud enough. Maybe that was the reason they sang. Maybe it's like, man, it's kind of discouraging down here in the pit. Maybe it's going to bring Jesus right here in the middle of this prison cell. And I love this. They started singing when there was no reason to sing. 
Like, literally, they're still in prison. Like, there's no miracle. They weren't set free. There was no visible reason to praise God in the middle of this pain and suffering. But you know what they decided to do? They decided to praise God in the middle of their storm, in the darkest moment, in the pain while they're naked. They praise God not for what he's doing, but for what he has done. Amen? They praise God for what he did on the hill of Calvary. Because I believe that Paul is sitting in that prison cell, looks at South, and goes, guess what? We're not the first people to be unfollowed. We're not the first people to be beaten. We're not the first person to carry our cross by ourselves. I'm not the first person to have to go through this suffering. Matter of fact, remember Jesus, man, he died for us. You know, he sits on the right hand of the Father. Now he's praying for us in this very moment. You know, I think it's time we give Jesus a little praise because I think God's gonna do something next. It's gonna be something incredible. I don't know what it is, but man, let's lift him up today because I believe God's gonna do something in our lives because he put us here on a purpose because we're not done because guess what? We're still breathing. Like God put me here on a mission. I'm telling you something, God is up to something in your life. A little spoiler alert, by the way, in Acts 16, God does do something incredible. There's an earthquake, and the prison doors open, the chains fall off, and they're set free by Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Like, that's the power of God in our life. I'm telling you something, when Paul wrote Philippians chapter 4, in context, he's been to prison before. So when he says, rejoice always, and again I say rejoice, he didn't say that's a great verse to put on a coffee mug. That's not a great verse to go, I love that verse, it's so pretty. No, he knows what it's like to be locked in prison cells and be beaten and left dead and say, you know what, I'm gonna rejoice always. I'm gonna praise and God may deliver me, but guess what, I'm still in these chains and even if I'm not delivered, guess what, God may not deliver me, but I'm still gonna praise him for who he is because he's a good God. He has a plan. I know he's up to something. I know what it is, but I'm advancing the gospel. I'm telling you something that's all about your perspective. I would encourage you to rejoice always and praise God. You know, in the middle of that storm I was walking through in that season of doubt and insecurity and fear, you know, the, you know like problems have the, bring out the worst in people? You know, like there's people that kind of bring out the worst and the situations bring out the worst. Well, in that moment, I'm like, I'm like digging deep, like what am I made of, like who I am? And I say, you know what, God, I gotta surrender to you. I've gotta go to you, and I love to do this. If you got your Spotify app, I don't know what you used to listen to music. Maybe it's old, like, I don't know. Maybe it's a record player. I have no idea. Um, but, I, but I turn on my Hillsong and my Elevation and the Bethel and the Passion Band. I turn on the worship music. Because all of a sudden, my perspective is so jaded. Like, I can be so this way and then that way. And I'm like, you know, God, I gotta center around you again. Like, I've got this all backwards. I'll turn on that music and I'll sit there and I'll praise God. And I'll get my heart realigned. Don knows what it's like. My life isn't where it should be. And I say, God, what do you have for me? I'm going to surrender to you. God, it's not about me. It's not my story. You put me right here in this moment on purpose. God, I trust you. We sang songs today all about the God that opened the prison cell. We talk about the one who placed us right here. If you listen to the lyrics of the songs you're singing, you're, you're declaring this message to him. I'm telling you something. In the lowest part of your life, what you worship is who you will become. What you worship is who you will become. I'll be, I'm just going to tell you, be really careful when you're in a pit and you're struggling. There's voices that are coming in and out of your head. I would encourage you just to find the voice of God and say, God, I can't hear you, but I know this is true. God, I want to worship you. I think of Louis Giglio. He's a, he's, a, he's a phenomenal pastor and leader for the cause of Christ. He's kind of the tip of the spear for the, for the kingdom of Jesus. And, man, his man struggled with depression. Like any great leader walks with a limp. Every great leader walks with a limp. You know what he started doing? He started getting up in the morning. He couldn't sleep. And he just started praising God. There's songs this man has wrote, we sing in this church. And he said, I'm just gonna start saying the lyrics to Jesus. Like, I don't know, I don't even believe them in this moment, but I'm gonna sing them because I know I'm gonna worship him for who he is in the past and what he's done. I don't feel it today, but I know he's there. And over the course of months, God changed his life where not only was he singing the song, but he was believing the song. He was praising God in the storm because God was doing something in him and making him somebody that he didn't know he could be. I'm telling you something, out of the discouragement, despair, out of the, the moments in my life where I didn't know where to go, I said, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to be? And I had to ask God, what, what do you want next? Because I'm like, I'm on the street. Like, I have no idea what God's going to do. And out of this pain, out of my prison, God gave me a vision. 
God gave me a call to plant real life church. I'm telling you something, in the pain of your life, God's gonna use it to advance the gospel, amen? God's gonna use it to advance the kingdom. God's gonna use it to see people saved. I'm gonna tell you something, when you're in prison and you start singing, you're not the only person set free. You're not the only person set free. I'm just gonna share you, when, did, when does God show up? Like, when does God show up? Look at this, Acts 16. About midnight, Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns to God and other prisoners are listening to them. Suddenly, look at this, suddenly, boom, God shows up. They didn't show up before they praised, they show up during the praise. They show up during the praise. I wish I knew what song that was, you know what I'm saying? Like, was that the second verse? Maybe it was the midnight hour, we'd go back old school times, right? Like at midnight, I mean, what was it? Like, what was it? It was the presence of God. They were going to trust him with the, if they're locked in prison or not locked in prison. I want you to check out what the Bible says. It says, there was such a violent earthquake, the foundation of the prisons were shaking. At once, all the prison's door flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Do you know people are watching your life? You know, in the moment where it hurts the most, people are watching you most intensely. In that moment, you say, God, I don't know what to do. God, call me out of this. God, use me how you want to. I don't know if I'm stuck in this prison forever, but God, I give you glory. You know what's happening? There's other people in prison that are listening to you. There's other people that are walking in the same path you're walking on. You don't know who they are. And they're watching you. And they're going, how can that person sing that song? Some of you guys are going to hear us sing a song here in a minute. And you're going to go, man, I don't know how they can sing that song. Well, guess what? Because we know the story. Because there's a God who loved us and died for us. And we believe in him. And he has our best purpose in mind. So today, if you don't feel like singing, well, guess what? Just jump on board that everybody else is singing. Because this is a song that God's going to use in your life one day. And so they're in prison, they start singing this song, all of a sudden the chains fall off and the doors open up. I think maybe it looks something like this. Maybe Paul, he's fine, Silas says, hey Silas, hey, you awake buddy? You got a little breath in your lungs, I know your ribs hurt a little bit. He goes, you know what, we're not done yet. Like there's some praise left in our souls. Like God is up to something. I know it didn't feel like it, Silas. I know you can't see him right now. I know it really hurts to sing, but guess what, God has a purpose. Don't lose perspective. Like this prison cell is where exactly God wants us. I know it doesn't feel like we had nothing left, but guess what? We're not the only ones who've been through this. Jesus walked that road to Calvary. He died, he was crucified. That was a method of torture. That was a method of killing. <clears throat> he died the worst death any person could die in human history. And on that cross, when he died, he resurrected the third day. We have a God in heaven right now. He knows exactly where we're at. And he's praying at the right hand of the Father. Still we're due, we're gonna lift our praise to him. Hey Silas, you remember that song? This, Andrew, you can be Silas today. Be Silas, I'll be Paul. That's a good shirt, Silas. I like your shirt. How'd you sneak that guitar into prison? You got friends, huh? That's how it works. Remember that song we sang last week? Like the 15th verse about Jesus, you know what I'm talking about? Me and Silas, we have a thing. Like pastors, like we remember weird parts of songs, like in the buried in the fourth verse, and, and, the, and the worship guys have to know what we're talking about. The, the bonus hymn, exactly. But you know, we're, let's, sing, let's just sing to him. I mean, there's people in this prison to hear him today. That song about Jesus is next to us and with us. Come on, Silas. It's the grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. But when I look at the space between what remains of me and this reckoning. I know I will never be alone. Hey, real life, can you stand to your feet? Hey, we're going to do, we're going to have ourselves a little praise break. We have ourselves a little time we're going to focus on Jesus because you're not alone in the storm you're in. I believe God's going to change some perspectives today. I believe that the key that may unlock the cell you're in is the voice of your praise. 
the, vo- the voice of your praise. I believe God has something special for you. If you don't see something change in your life, if you don't feel it happening, there's a God that's working all things on your behalf. There's a God that's with you right now that you're gonna see him face to face. He's holding your hand. He's carrying you through the storm. I believe the best thing we can do as a church is we can be a church of praise. Even though we don't feel it, we don't see it, we don't understand it, our bank accounts are where they wanna be, our life's going sideways, things are all around us in chaos. You know what? We're gonna have the attitude of praise. So I invite you guys to lift your hands this morning. Just lift them high as Jesus. Come on, lift those hands up high. Just give Jesus your praise. Come on, lift them a shout real quick before we wait in this song. Come on, give it to Jesus. Come on. Sitting next to me, there is another in the waters, holding back the seas. Should I ever need reminded? The power set me free. There is a grave that holds nobody. Now the power lives in me. There is another in the fire. worship you not for just what you're doing in our lives God but for who you are God that nothing stands between us God we are face to face with you God I pray today we would change our perspective God that we would be full of anxiety and fear and doubt and worry God we don't need to know our future because you're right beside us in this storm God I pray you do something miraculous today God that people would find life in you God I pray we surrender to you this morning so across this room as we're praying there are some of you, there's something you need to surrender to God. Maybe there's a weight, there's a burden, there's something that's on your life. Maybe you're looking at it with the wrong perspective, but today you want the perspective of praise. You want to trust Jesus this morning with the problem you're facing. If that's you, you just lift your hands high. You want the perspective of praise in your life. Get hands up all around. I want to pray for you. Father God, thank you for always being a God that's with us face to face. God, we can't see you move at times, but God, we know you're there. God, I pray for your Holy Spirit would do something only he can do today, God, that we would just be drawn close to you, God, that we'd feel your presence, if you will, in our life, God. Even though feel you, God, we trust you because we're worshiping you, God. We're gonna worship you in the storm because it'll be just like you. So we're gonna run to the cross. We're gonna run to you, God. We're not gonna carry this in our own strength. We're not gonna be perfect on our own, God. We didn't pray our prayer of perfection, God. We're just gonna confess our life to you, God. I pray you give us calm hearts. God, you get calm the anxiety and the fear that we face. God, we praise you, not for what you're just doing, God, but for who you are, God, what you did on Calvary in our lives. God, we offer ourselves to you. We surrender to you, God. We say this from our hearts, God, that we trust you today. As we continue to pray, some of you might be a little confused. Why in the world can this people worship like that? How can we worship like that? We're sitting in a prison cell. And it was for Paul that kept him encouraged, that allowed him to worship. He said he was advancing the gospel. He saw something bigger than himself. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of Jesus. The Bible says this about Jesus. He was sent to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recover sight for the blind 
and to set the oppression, the oppressed free. You believe this, that God created us to be with him. In the beginning, God spoke everything to existence, but he knelt down and intimately formed us. He wanted a relationship with us. The very first thing that man opened his eyes to was the face of God. We weren't designed to run this race on our own. The Bible says this, that, that our sins separate us from God that our sins were stranded our sin, that we're locked in a prison cell. The Bible says that the devil blinds the minds who know not Jesus. We're blinded from the things of the cross. But the Bible says that Jesus went to the cross and paid for our sins and rose on the, from the grave on the third day. The Bible says that Jesus paid everything, yesterday, past, present, and future, for every part of our sin, that so we can be set free today, we can be locked from the prison cell, that we can have new sight, that we can see the things of God, that we can have a perspective of praise in the storm. You're not designed to carry the burden on your own, that Jesus came to carry the burden with you. The Bible says this, that anyone calls on the name of Jesus, that anyone that calls on him, including you and me, will be saved. You're not here by accident today. God brought you here on purpose that you can know him and follow him. Today, if you wanna say yes to Jesus, you wanna say yes to your life, you wanna say yes to having sight, you wanna say yes to the perspective of praise. If that's you, you lift your hands high, you wanna say yes to Jesus today. Say, I need Jesus. Anybody like that, say, I need Jesus today. And if that's you, just pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus. God, even my anxiety and my fear and my doubt, God, you sent your very best. God, that we have, you've walked through everything I've walked through, God. I pray that you would take my sin God, that I would follow you every day of my life. God, thank you for giving a new perspective. God, I don't have to carry this weight on my own. God, that you're with me every step of the way. God, thank you for new life in Jesus. I give you the praise. And that's in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, real life, you live, give a shout of praise to God for what he's done.